My name is Laura, and I'm a clergywoman serving a local church in Potomac, Maryland. I've had the privilege of serving seven congregations over the course of my 39 years in ordained ministry. And each week, well, most weeks, I find myself diving deep into the scriptures assigned by the Common Lectionary. It matters not that I have preached most of these passages multiple times. Each sermon is written for the week at hand, and inevitably, there are things left over. Thoughts that I have, ideas that I've gleaned from a variety of voices, usually left on the cutting room floor. And then Matthew joined our staff at Potomac United Methodist Church and challenged me to create a podcast with my leftovers. So here we go. I'm not too old to try a new thing, and I'm hoping that in the few minutes we will share, you might find something loosened in your chest so that hope and grace may fill you to overflowing. That's my simple prayer. Welcome to Leftovers. In early October of 2006, a man entered a one-room schoolhouse in Nickel Mines, Pennsylvania. The children of the Amish community were gathered there to learn. The man excused all the boys, allowing them to flee with their teachers. He kept back ten little girls, lined them up, and shot them, killing five before turning the gun on himself. Our nation was stunned, not in the Amish community, never a more pacifistic group. This community lived so deeply into their understanding of Christian scripture and the ordinand that they shunned the use of electricity and dress in plain clothes so as not to allow themselves to be seen as conformed to the world. I can remember the uncomfortable silence in church that Sunday when the incident was raised for prayer. By then, it was unfolding beyond the horror of the day. One man reportedly said, Our community lives forgiveness, not with our words, but in what we do. They carried their grief and anger to the widow and the parents of Charlie Roberts, the man with the gun. They must have looked like the wise ones on their way to the manger their arms so burdened by the gifts as they marched into the unknown. They brought food and quilts, and they brought forgiveness that sounded just like grace. The church I pastored could not stop talking about it. Well beyond worship and the Sunday gathering, the conversations continued. There was an awe, a reverence, a shock. How could they have forgiven like that? When Charlie was buried, half the gathering congregation was from the Amish community. Now we share the same faith. We believe the same words. And yet forgiveness is a gift we give with a certain amount of caution and we receive with hesitancy. How many times should I forgive? Some say it's seven times seven. Others say it's 70 times seven. Some might say that it might as well be a million. It's hard to do. I was a young teen when I first decided to live the faith that claimed my whole life. Growing up between two brothers gave me endless opportunities to practice the forgiveness piece. 
I can remember one day being livid with my older brother. I ran out of words to sling at him. I was so angry until all I could shout was, that's one. Life changed me. Now I want to be a part of difficult conversations with Jesus in the room. I don't want to run from my own discomfort and hear me now. Forgiving can be uncomfortable. It can be messy. Depending on the circumstances, my friends, it can feel downright impossible. We won't get there by thumping the Bible at one another as if the authority of God's story is best used as a battering ram. We won't get there if we act as though we think we hold the truth in capital letters, and because of that, we feel superior to the others. We won't get there when we spend most of our time making a list and checking it twice to decide who earns forgiveness and who is too far out of bounds to receive grace. I mean, what do we say, my friends, when we get to know Jesus? At some point, don't we all succumb to the temptation to get on our knees and whisper into the ether a litany of our sins? Don't we all know something about the feeling of being too far gone to be saved? God's laughter should ring in our ears even as God lifts us up and wipes the slate clean. If you're anything like I am, you too often claim back the sin because it makes you more comfortable thinking that feeling like shit about something makes us a better Christian. It never has, and it never will be true. But we are good at convincing ourselves that we don't deserve forgiveness, and if we don't, then the person who harmed us surely does not either. Right? No, that's not right. It's going to take a while. We're going to have to stop fussing with each other. But at some point, maybe our neighbors will see us differently. You know we know how to talk the talk that gets an amen in worship. Come as you are. You're welcome here. You're lovable. Be blessed so that you can be a blessing. But like the Amish community teaches us over and over, our actions will always speak louder than our words. And if that's true, what does the world know about you? If they'll know we are Christians by our love, what does the world know about us? How many times should we forgive, we ask? Every time, Jesus said. Every single time. It's a thought that sounds like it might just be a commandment. Have a good day.